Welcome to Strategy Talk, where the editors of Strategy Page discuss current events with a splash of history. I'm Dan Masterson, host of Strategy Talk. With me today is the editor of Strategy Page, well-known military author and game designer, Jim Dunnigan. Also joining us is the associate editor of Strategy Page, columnist and author, Austin Bay. Welcome, Austin and Jim. Thought we'd talk about Bong Bong Marcos. What a great name. Uh, I'm interested to see what uh, Saturday Night Live will uh, do with that. Uh, I'm sure there are some sketches that uh, could come out of it. But Jim Duarte has left. He had been trying to hold off the Chinese. Is Bong Bong going to change what the Philippines is doing with us? South China and their guerrilla problem and also their drug problem. Well, he says he won't. Uh, all those uh, efforts were very popular and most of them were successful. Um, the, uh, the drug problem did decline, uh, but the drugs were still coming in uh, increasingly from China of all places. China is the major source of fentanyl. Um, but, you know, there's still a market for illegal drugs in the Philippines. And no matter what you do, uh, there will still be people willing to risk everything, you know, to get it and get it, you know, to sell it, distribute it, and what have you. Uh, so Duterte did, you know, reduce that problem. He, he earned a lot of criticism from uh, foreign countries, especially Western countries, because he basically unleashed the police, and uh, and it was basically, you know, shoot on sight, including suspected, you know, drug dealers. Now, his approval ratings for that were consistently high. I mean, people wanted the drug dealers, especially the the corruption the drug dealers basically uh, financed. The drug dealers didn't want police on their backs. They basically were willing to pay or intimidate anybody they had to in order to keep going. Duterte, who had a record of uh, cracking down on corruption, he, he, was, a, uh, he was the mayor of uh, Davos City in the south, and he basically cleaned that up in many respects. Um, and people expected him to do the same as president. <clears throat> now, presidents only serve one six-year term, uh, so he knew he was out, and he's out now. I mean, the, the uh, Marcos Jr., uh, Ferdinand Marcos Jr. has taken over. Now, you may wonder, how did the son of uh, Ferdinand Marcos Sr., a, a, uh, a president who basically blew through the Constitution, he served as a dictator for basically 20 years and was forced out eventually and into exile, uh, you know, by a uprising uh, that he couldn't put down. Now, eventually, uh, you know, uh, he died and uh, his children were allowed to uh, to return. And uh, Marcos Jr. promptly uh, began, you know, cultivating a political following. He had one huge advantage in a country like the Philippines. He had name recognition. And his father had done some things that people, you know, remember him, you know, positively for. Uh, they, they, they did not like the fact that he ruled as a dictator. And that's what eventually got him, you know, tossed out. And so there's no really no real stomach for another dictator. Uh, now, you may wonder, well, are they going to trust another Marcos? Well, there you run into another situation that's unique, not unique to the Philippines, but it's in the Philippines and many other countries, is there's a couple of hundred families that basically dominate uh, the elected, you know, senior uh, positions in the government. Uh, a lot of them are local leaders, 
Uh, it's, it was a particular problem in the South where, there's a, where the, most of the Muslim majority lives because that area, even before the uh, you know, Islam you know, uh, entered, uh, had a reputation for private armies and feuds. Now, this was something that really was uh, present throughout the country uh, when the Spanish took over. The Spanish converted most of the population to Catholicism. They, uh, they basically reduced a lot of the violence. Um, and then the Americans came in, and uh, one thing the Spanish weren't doing was guaranteeing independence. The Americans came in, tossed the uh, Spanish out, put down you know, uh, some of the, uh, the rebellious uh, groups, and promised uh, independence in 1944. Uh, the World War II and a Japanese occupation intervened, and uh, you know, uh, the Americans were determined to uh, keep their promise. So it was delayed only one year, uh, despite the fact that, you know, there was still a lot of warfare going on, not with the Japanese, but with various, you know, political groups, especially the communist groups uh, who didn't want any democracy at all. Um, anyway, the, 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 that particular aspect of the American occupation uh, is, uh, if not fondly, is re- remembered, is respected. You know, that, that was, that's rare in that part of the world. Every place else in, the, uh, in, the South, in Southeast Asia it had a colonial government basically had to fight a long bloody war against their colonial oppressors. The Americans said they were going to get out, and they got out, even if they had to defeat the Japanese first. Um, the uh, uh, subsequently, uh, you know, Philippines still had the problem with the the, the powerful families. Uh, these families had accumulated land, and well, they were so many of them started. They already had local power. Uh, warlords, whatever feudal feudal lords, as it were, uh, that's an old tradition. But they tended to use their power to accumulate more money and influence. And uh, Duterte, you know, said he was going to do something about that. He did, but not enough because he found out it was far more entrenched than even he relieved. I mean, he he knew the extent of it where he in the southern Philippines and Davao, the city where he was in. But when he got into the national stage. He realized, you know, the rest of the country wasn't much better off as far as the control of the families went. Now, as expected, the first thing, uh, you know, Bong Bong did when he got into power was eliminate the present uh, commission uh, that was charged with recovering the, the up to 14 billion dollars that his father had stolen and gotten offshore. Some of it has been recovered, but a lot of it has not. And there are still suspicions that. You know, Bong Bong knows where some of it is, and he's simply looking for a good opportunity uh, to suddenly become wealthy. Um, so, I mean, he's tainted with that. But he got elected because he made a lot of promises uh, that basically hit the right, you know, note. Uh, you know, taking care of the uh, the, uh, the the poverty, uh, the poor education, and what have you. The trouble was, those are all promises that he's unlikely to be able to keep. It requires money. It requires uh, suppression of corruption. And remember, you know, uh, for a politician in office, corrupt politicians are your friend. In other words, uh, they're better as a friend than as an opponent, because as an opponent, they can be formidable, as uh, his predecessor Duterte discovered. Now, another quirk of the uh, of the Philippines Constitution is that the vi- well, it, actually this used to apply in the United States years ago. Uh, the vice president is elected separately, you know, in their own right. 
And his vice president is Sarah Duterte, which is the daughter of, of, of uh, his predecessor. Now, uh, father and daughter didn't always get along uh, because she was a strong real woman, uh, just like her dad. Uh, so they had a sort of a feud, you know, towards the end, but they're still father and daughter. They're still family. And m- most important of all, while the president is restricted to one six year term, the vice president, who's first in line to become president, uh, if something happens to the sitting president, uh, and that's happened several times in the past, uh, she can vote for two terms. So she can vote for reelection. So she's going to she's definitely going to be around when the, uh, uh, you know, uh, Bong Bong, you know, uh, uh, ends his uh, his one year term. I doubt if, if Bong Bong will try and change the Constitution. That's a bit much, no matter who's trying to do it. And especially if they're 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 uh, Ferdinand Moscow, Marco soon uh, junior, uh, because he's basically played it straight since he got back in the 90s and uh, has been basically a model citizen. And he, he, he that was no accident. He realized the only way he was going to reestablish the family as a political powerhouse was to uh, play by the rules as they existed. And he has done that. But uh, his promises to uh, to oppose the uh, Chinese eh, might run into the same problems that Turte ran into. The Chinese are basically willing to 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 uh, engage in a in a buyout of, of the Philippines. Uh Duterte wouldn't be bought. He also pointed out that a lot of the economic promises, investments, and what happened, the Chinese promised with no strings attached, were never made. Uh, and this is this is typical, you know, Chinese, you know, tactics. The Chinese are still uh, using their uh, their their creeping creeping hold, creep grab and hold tactics, whereby they they don't attack, they don't use military force, but they do have this huge naval militia which we've written about frequently in strategy page. And they are want to, uh, and, and their the most potent weapon is hundreds of uh, fishing trawlers, which are obliged as part of the Naval Reserve uh, to, uh, to quit their fishing and to go serve for a few months uh, with the Navy. Now they get paid for this. They, they also became fishing boat owners uh, through uh, uh Direct government grants, the, uh, basically the uh, Chinese government subsidized uh, the uh, creation of this huge ocean-going uh, fishing trawler uh, fleet. And they are now outlaws uh, worldwide for encroaching on, uh, on fishing, uh, 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 lucrative fishing uh, lands, uh, places, areas where they are not allowed. And there have been a few countries, especially in South America, where they have been basically fired upon, uh, and it's basically a game of cat and mouse. Uh, sometimes the uh, the Chinese, the innocent Chinese, you know, fishing trawlers are escorted by Chinese coast guard ships in case somebody fires on them, like pirates or the you know local you know navy trying to protect their uh, their exclusive economic zone. Um, the uh, Chinese have been successfully using this in uh, in the Philippines or in the, in the areas that the Philippines claims in the South China Sea. They've been using it against all the countries that uh, have, uh, by international law, uh, exclusive economic rights in the South China Sea. Uh, China declared that that those rights null and void, even though a uh, international court uh, in a lawsuit filed by the Philippines agreed with the Philippines and ruled that the Chinese were acting unlawfully. The Chinese said the law didn't apply to them. They basically concocted a lot of bogus historical evidence 
showing that they'd been there a long time ago and they'd been absent because, you know, uh, World War II, Revolution, Civil War, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so they are ignoring that and they are, uh, they are basically uh, uh, occupying uh, reefs, especially, uh, saying that while they're sheltering from storms, but in many cases, I mean, this, this is ludicrous. Another problem they have is the commercial satellite photos, which anybody can buy, and m- many news organizations do. They show that the uh, the sheltering Chinese, you know, dozens of sheltering Chinese trawlers are basically tied up together and are just sitting there, and the weather's calm. And they're basically blocking entrance to the, to the reef to uh, Filipino ships or any other ships uh, uh, without making any comments. They say, hey, we're here. You can't go past. Um, this has almost brought... Uh, you know, uh, cause the Filipinos to fire on the Chinese. Now, they don't really want to do that, A, because they haven't got a large navy. Uh, the, the Chinese are very close to home, and um, and uh, they're afraid that might give the Chinese, you know, the incentive to uh, go to war, a war which, you know, the Turkey pointed out we can't win. Now, we have a non-aggression pact with the United States, but that, it, you know, the, uh, how should I put it, the participation of the United States uh, varies from you know president to president, uh, so they basically are at the uh, their their survival is at the whim of whoever is running the United States at the moment. Um, so the Chinese are just waiting. They basically created illegally uh, artificial islands. You know, once they get a reef, you know that they can keep the uh, the owners out of. They'll bring in dredging uh, uh, ships. And basically dredge up uh, Zan and create these artificial islands. Uh, they'll build uh, initially. They'll build uh, civilian, you know, safety uh, bases, weather uh, weather forecasting, uh, you know, refuge for uh, for uh, shipwreck sailors, you know, in a storm or what have you. But eventually, the troops move in uh, on some of those early islands. Uh, they've now got you know uh, anti-ship missiles, anti-aircraft missiles. Uh, landing strips uh, long enough to uh, support, you know, fighters and bombers, and which occasionally fly in there. Uh, they have several supply ships uh, built exclusively for the support of these islands because they, a lot of them basically have no water, no food, uh, and they have to constantly resupply. So the Chinese are very vulnerable, but basically there's nobody uh, there who's willing to, uh, to go to war with them over it. Um, and the Chinese feel that, you know, they can be they're willing to be more patient and eventually, you know, the enemy will, will tire, make mistakes. They'll grab more territory and eventually it'll all be theirs. I mean, that is basically an old, you know, Sun Tzu, you know, Chinese military philosophers uh, uh, advice. You know, it's it's much cheaper in the long run uh, to win battles, you know, without uh, without win wars, without battles. Uh, basically using, you know, wealth and uh, bribery and whatever it takes. So the Chinese are basically operating right out of Sun Tzu's uh, playbook. They're doing the same thing in the, along the Indian border. Um, and, uh, and so far, you know, it, it's successful. Not, not so successful that they're, they're basically uh, invoking, you know, uh, international censure for, for going to war, but they are reclaiming territory. And, uh, uh, Bong Bong says he's going to do something about that, but he hasn't proposed any, you know, uh, this solution. Now, what he is doing and what his predecessor was doing was buying more modern weapons. Uh, now, the Philippines, as part of the growing 
uh, local uh, the uh, anti-China Defense Alliance, uh, whose most prominent members are South Korea and Japan, and now Australia, uh, Singapore, you name it. Everybody who's got you know skin or 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 areas uh, or disputed areas in the game has joined in, and uh, Philippines economically is the weakest link. So they have been getting money and weapons, ships, uh, and they have and what money they do have has basically paid for uh, six 2,400-ton patrol, offshore patrol vessels from South Korea. Uh, They started to receive Israeli anti-aircraft systems, uh, and they've already received uh, patrol aircraft, second-hand patrol aircraft from uh, Japan. Uh, They've received smaller patrol boats from Australia and other countries. So they are building up a respectable, you know, uh, coastal defense force. Well, coastal means... Way out, you know, your 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 exclusive economic zone extends about 360 kilometers from your nearest coastline, and uh, and they have plenty of territory out there, which the Chinese, being you know two or three times further away, and actually in no way is the Chinese uh, EZ you know overlapping, uh, are are basically uh, being uh, being slowed down, as it were. And if the uh, if the uh, Philippines, you know, gets, you know, stronger and stronger and more aggressive, the Chinese might have a problem on their hands because, you know, if their bluff is called, uh, then they have to back off and, and, you know, come up with something new, which they always do. Uh, but again, the Chinese are very patient. Uh, they're willing to wait for generations uh, through through many uh, Filipino presidents, uh, you know, to succeed and eventually they'll find one. They can they can buy off and uh, get major concessions. Bong Bong insists he will not be that president. He probably won't because you know one thing that'll lose you a lot of popular support in the Philippines is being is selling out, you know, to an to an aggressive neighbor. And China is aggressive neighbor number one. Uh, beyond that, you know, it's business as usual. So. Uh... Austin, how do you see uh, Bong Bong's leadership going with the Philippines? Uh, Dan, Jim brought up something that uh, is uh, crucial to this discussion. And that is the Chinese being patient and looking for note down uh, for this. Austin, we're completely losing you. War. Yes. We're, 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 your audio is just Hello. not working. I haven't changed anything. Yeah, I, I understand that. I What's in it? Uh, I'm not sure what to do. Well, it's a satellite what? link. And so the. What was what, what? What you predicted? You know, oh, was happening. Wait a minute, Jim. Some, something just popped popped up back up. Can you hear me any better now? Yes. Yeah, we Is can. It any better now? Yeah, it's still. It's still going in and out. Uh, I'm not sure what to do about it. I've, yeah, I think what we'll do is uh, everything. Looks- I'll just ask Jim. Uh, Another question, and then um, uh, we'll wrap it up. 
Okay. Oh, now. What about now? It, it, All right, it, go ahead and do that. I'm sorry, guys. I don't know. I don't know what to do. You know. Yeah, I, is this uh, I've got this thing juiced to the max. Is this going to be the situation from now on, or? I I, I, I hope not. I have problems with my computer. Uh, zero. Uh, I'll ask them if I can up the megabytes per second in some shape, form, or fashion. It says that everything's right. I mean, I can see the Wi-Fi right now, and everything is all linked up, and you heard what it sounded like at the beginning. Yeah, now you're sounding okay, but um, I, I'm just worried about it starting to break up again, and, you know, there's no way I can edit around that. Okay. Because it's almost Understand it. Let me fi let me fire out a, a real quick answer there. All right. All right. I'll, okay. I'll go that. ahead. Jim just hit on a very Jim just hit on a very important point, and that's the Chinese waiting on a leader that they can buy out. And if you go back and, and look at the 1985 first edition of A Quick and Dirty Guide to War, James F. Dunnigan on Austin Bay, we had a chapter on the Philippines, the sick man of ASEAN, about how corrupt. Ferdinand Marcos's government was and how it was destroying the Philippines, which is a company, a country that that has all, all the elements of uh, democratic policy that's uh, wealth producing. It didn't because of the corruption. Jim already mentioned that Ferdinand Sr. stole over $14 billion, uh, supposedly. Now, I don't know whether Fong Bong's going to be crooked or not. He says he's not. But he's the kind of, of leader that can be manipulated. I'm sure the Chinese have got a, a portfolio on him, a dossier about all, all of his, uh, in, anything they, they could uh, uh, blackmail him with. It's a return of the old families in a major way. Duterte was a difficult character, but he did what he told the Filipino people he would do. He was going to go after the drug dealers and the crooked. And he was certainly somebody outside of the elite families that uh, run uh, uh, run the Philippines. Bong Bong is right from the heart of really what was the most crooked of elite family, uh, elite family governments. Now, Jim laid out a good description of what the Chinese are up to, also some of the other threats that the uh, uh, the Philippines face. Uh, I, I want to say China isn't reclaiming anything in the South China Sea. It's making claims that are absolutely outrageous. The Annamese, the Vietnamese have solid claims going back to the 12th century, on, and the Chinese have come in and taken islands in that in that zone. Uh, some of the charts that, that, that crop up, there's some Spanish but also old melee uh, claims in the South China Sea. The Chinese weren't there at all. It was uh, predecessors to the current Filipinos and, and, uh, and Malaysia. It's an outright aggressive imperialist uh, sea grab is what it is. And as Jim pointed out, they build all these artificial islands. The Philippines has a mutual defense pact with the United States. And that's so that Philippines has a has backup that the Vietnamese don't have. But the thing is, the United States has to be able to <laughs> back up the Philippines. And that's what when Jim talked about, uh, you know, what does he 
U.S. do now that Ukraine has brought uh, the Eastern Front back uh, onto the uh, front burner. Uh, that's uh, that's not necessarily up for grabs with with uh, an issue Bong Bong wants to wants to deal with. But I think a vast majority of the, uh, of the Filipino people do, as Jim pointed out, they won't want to bend over to an aggressor, and the aggressor now is is China. Uh, I to our listeners, go check out several things we've written about the 2016 UN Convention on the Law of the Sea decision by the International Arbitration Court that gave the Philippines 97, 98% of what they wanted in their grievance and their complaint. China had just not taken resources, fishing, land, and, and uh, encroached on, on Filipino territory, not just EEZ. There, there's something, I forget the number, it's about 7,600 islands or so, 7,700 Filipino islands. They cover a great deal of sea area, and China wants to break through. They want to break through the first island chain and then out through the second island chain and then get into the Western Pacific, and uh, that's that's their aim. Uh, they're going to wait. Well, I'm not sure how long Xi Jinping really does have to wait because he's got a lot of problems at home. Well, that's a good place to end it. Um, we will continue to watch Bong Bong and his activities, and uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll be covering him again. So thanks, and we'll talk to you gentlemen next time. Take care. Bye.